In this episode, we take a look at a new entry from Earthworm Jim. Is a new Sony developed title coming to the Xbox? And a tech demo of a forgotten Dreamcast game has resurfaced. Welcome to episode 14 of the Retro Gaming Dads podcast, the weekly podcast for everything retro and retro-inspired. I'm Phil, and tonight I'm with Barry and Anthony. Hello. Hello there. Hello. So, how's your week with Doom, Ben? I'm enjoying it. I'm getting along with it. I'm enjoying it. Oh, so Phil's actually playing this game. That's that's a good start. It's promising. Not only am I playing this game, I am playing it as it was intended. With the arrow keys, alt for strafing and no mouse. So you hate yourself then? I am playing the original DOS version. Put yourself through the pain that you don't need to. But I'd be surprised if Phil wasn't playing it, seeing as though he's treating it as, oh, what games can I choose to play? Oh, I know. (laughs) Ones I want to play. (laughs) It's ones that I want to share with my friends. However, yeah, you just don't want our recommendations. You you picked the immortal. I'll give you that one. <laughs> he wants us to feel his pain. That was why. Yeah, but at least at least Anthony thought I respect Barry enough that I am going to try and see this through to the end. Give it a good go. I <laughs> gave the immortal my blood, sweat, and tears. Whatever. Not even past the second stage, you can't even call it that. I was on that stage for about as long as you both played the entire game. That probably says something about how good you are at games, <laughs> more than how bad the no, game is. No, it really is. doesn't. That game is awful. See, for me, the game was so bad, I just wanted to get through it as quick as possible. I didn't want to loot around on the same stage for like I spent most of it running away from stupid enemies that were chasing me, and I just could not get them to stop chasing me. I'd done it by not even realising they were doing damage to me. I just carried on with the stage while they were following me around. I didn't care. <laughs> then I, I planted a mushroom, and it, we, we get lost on. We've already talked about the model. I don't want to talk about it anymore. Stupid game. <laughs> it's bringing back, it's bringing back torturous memories. Well, Doom. I'm actually <laughs> running through it again now on the Xbox, since they've all come to Game Pass. Um, nice you being able to use a controller. Yes. And I'm doing. I'm playing the Xbox. I'm gonna play it through the as the original DOS version, and then I'm gonna go through it again on the Xbox and try and see if we can talk a little bit about the the different quality of life improvements. Well, while we're on the topic of a game that Phil's played, another series you used to play back in the day was uh, Earthworm Jim. Yeah, I love the Earthworm Jim games. Proper zaniness. You used to love the really cheesy Saturday morning cartoon as well. Jim. The soil he did crawl. Jim. A super suit did fall. Jim was just a dirt eating, chewy link of worm flesh, but all that came to a crashing end. <laughs> Jim. He's such a groovy guy. Jim. He rockets through the sky. I did. I, I loved Earthworm Jim. I thought it was a great cartoon, especially with every single episode ending with a cow landing on Earthworm Jim. Every single one. Every single episode. Uh, I don't know if every episode did. Pretty soon it did. It's been so long since I've seen... Cows are definitely a running theme in it, though. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, you were telling me I've not played the game, or at least I can't remember playing the game, but you were telling me about this running joke with the cow. You would remember playing Earthworm Jim, because you'll remember it as one or two ways. It'd either be vividly, oh, my God, I played Earthworm Jim, or did I have a fever, and was I hallucinating (laughs) that game? (laughs) 
It's I one mean, of the two. You've got such classic bosses <laughs> as the cat and the fish in a fishbowl. Yeah, so there's the fish boss where when you go in, it's container opens up and there's like this fish in a bowl and it comes up like as if it's Mortal Kombat or something. Ready, fight! And you think, oh, <laughs> boss battle. And everyone Jim just goes up, plucks it out and eats it. <laughs> and that's, that's your boss battle. Yeah. Oh, I, I loved Earthworm Jim. It was a brilliant boss game. Battle. Eat the fish. What? Yeah, oh. an evil psycho. Yeah. Oh god. Oh, so many, so many memorable. I like. You know what? You need to play through that game, Anthony. Okay, I'll have to at some point try and get hold of and play it. But what I do remember a playing a portion of it, and we were talking about earlier, and what's reminding me is using your head as whip. I don't know. I remember something very vivid. As I say, if it's a vivid fever dream, it's probably Earthworm Jim. It's possibly, true. Possibly. <laughs> the reason why we're talking about this, new titles coming to the Intellivision Amico. Exclusively yeah. to the Amico. Yes. Shame, because it is a game I would like to play, though I'm not sure I'd pay $250 to play it. I must admit, the Amico has no interest to me. I'll probably keep an interest in what's happening with it, but it's not like, oh, do you know what? I need to go out and I really want to buy this console. There's a lot of money to spend on the console. I mean, having a look at it, it looks like a... Yeah, well, it's oh. it's, a, it's, a, it's a little that handheld. It's just retro. It's a little handheld it's... that you, you put in your charging dock to charge and then you just pick it up and you can just play it. But it kind of looks a bit like the older VMU type things on the Dreamcast. Do you know what the controllers remind me of? They remind me of iPods. Yeah. You've got the click wheel at the bottom and the screen up top. I can definitely get behind that. I don't know. The controls, obviously, are significantly different from any from from more conventional consoles. So you've got the little touch screen. You've got that track wheel pad. I don't know what you'd call it. And you have a couple of action buttons on the side. Because one thing that you can do is if you have a... A multiplayer game you can actually connect i think it's up to six more players using mobile phones interesting and they will act as your controller so two people will have the controllers that come with it and there's a nice bit of tech in it so when your controllers are done you dock them on the top and i believe it's key wireless charging built into the console to charge your, your controllers up yeah it's just a shame though that it's going to be exclusive to it because i think a lot of people might want to play it yeah Perhaps it'll only be timed exclusive. Maybe. I think this is some. I can. I know it's obviously it's very much an indie-driven console that is aiming for full exclusive exclusivity on the titles that release to it. Though something as nostalgic as Earthworm Jim to a lot of people, I suppose it's gonna it's gonna give it the selling factor that the console's gonna need ultimately. Well, when it comes to the Amico, obviously it's a very niche game and obviously looking at a very specific audience. So putting stuff like Earthworm Jim where people who want to play it, you know, might pick it up. And looking at the sort of console it is and, you know, hearing about the sort of console it is, I don't think it's one for me as such, though. No, I think I think even more established games like Phil. It's the nicest way I could say that you're old. Um, <laughs> thanks. I don't even think this really holds much attraction to us. I was going to say, I mean, you love retro stuff. You love playing your older consoles. And you don't have a lot of particular interest in this either, do you? I think a television, it definitely was more of a US, North America thing. 
it certainly wasn't something that you heard over in the UK, was it? No. Didn't hear fights in the playground. Well, my Mega Drive's better than your NES. Well, my television. And they just go, shut the f*** up. Get out of the playground. <laughs> Next, you'll be telling them you've got a Jaguar. You're 64 bits. <laughs> Do the math. Yeah, but it's not got blast processing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> hasn't got any decent games. <laughs> that too. <laughs> that used to annoy me about the Jaguar advert, actually, just going back to that. Because... <sighs> As a kid, when I saw these adverts, it was like, the the PlayStation is 32 bits, the Jaguar is 64 bits, and it, for one, the adverts treat the gamers as if they're absolutely... Idiots. Absolute, it's just absolute idiots, yeah? Like, they're like, I don't know what there is. More bits is better. Yeah. So it's like, 64 bits is better. And its slogan was, do the math. And I was like, do, do the math? Well, like, just just one bit. Just not the entirety of maths, just math. <laughs> I just couldn't understand the way Americans going. Oh yeah, I'm doing math. I don't. I, you know what? Like, that's well, that's a subject that we could probably spend a long time on. In Americans and the butchering of the English language. Oh no! That, that, as a kid, that used to like. I was like, I spelt it wrong. What do you mean? As a kid, it annoys to this day. Oh yeah, but it annoyed me as a kid as well. <laughs> <laughs> it annoyed him as a kid so much. It still does. Yeah. Jaguar, the only reason to play that is um, Alien vs. Predator. And even then, it's It's not not. the best version, again, by a long shot. But I suppose uh, getting Earthworm Jim as an exclusive, they do need this hero sort of title to push the console. Will Earthworm Jim be it? Uh, I don't think so. If you get the console, it'll definitely be like a must-buy for people who get the console. But I don't think it'll be getting people to go out and buy the console because of it. No. I have a funny feeling we'll probably see a version of it appear on iOS, Android, or even Steam. Yeah. Maybe it will turn into a more of a timed exclusive yeah. rather than a an actual exclusive. Or maybe it'll just become a PlayStation exclusive where it is on everything else. Or maybe it'll go on Game Pass. Well, yeah, actually, speak, <laughs> speaking of, actually, oh, I wish I meant to do that. That would have been slick transition into the next piece of news. <laughs> I'll just edit that out so you don't know it was by mistake. So, a Sony PlayStation Studios title is coming to Xbox, and not only that, Game Pass owners don't even have to pay for it. I know. Bum, 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 bum! Because how long... Has this game been exclusive with PlayStation? Well, no, no, it's not even it's not even released. Sony have the rights to produce the game, but not the necessarily the exclusive rights to publish it. So MLB, who obviously own the rights to it, MLB, are publishing the title on the Xbox. So Sony's developing and publishing it on the PlayStation. PlayStation owners get to pay a nice tidy sum of money for it. Xbox owners, on the other hand, get to see a game that will say PlayStation as you're booting it up, PlayStation Studios. And if you have Game Pass, it's included on day one. Brilliant. It's just brilliant. <laughs> it's it's a it's a strange time, isn't it? Well, the outcry and uproar that is created. Yeah. Yeah, there was an absolute uproar. There was the PlayStation fans that were in 
in arms about it, which, in all fairness, I understand. Oh, 100%. You know, PlayStation have their own subscription service. Why is their competitor getting a title made by PlayStation Studios included in their subscription service, yet PlayStation isn't including it in their own subscription service? Who knows? No. I don't know. And because, I mean, one of the things that uh, I, I noticed sent across to you two was the pricing, because I was a bit shocked at the pricing anyway, of the base game seventy dollars straight away. That's standard for well, Sony. Yeah, that's about right now for next gen in the US. Well, Sony have said all of their first party titles are going to be seventy dollars. Ah, I realize that one. So they've 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 already said that. All right. Now there's a bit of disparity. I was looking at this, so it's going to be sixty nine ninety nine on the Xbox dollars. Though the UK pricing, I thought was going to be about sixty because that works about right. But it's only going to be forty nine ninety nine. So it's only fifty quid over here. Alexa, what's 70 US dollars in pounds? 70 US dollars is about 50 pounds and 98 pounds. Nope, that's dead on. Is it? Yeah. Well, I couldn't tell Alexa, and Alexa wouldn't lie to me, would she? <laughs> <laughs> no, he's not like Alexa. Yeah, it, was, it was 50 pounds and a couple of pence. Right. Like a direct conversion. Okay. Huh. So we've been getting shafted then. Yeah, that's the more amazing thing that the UK is not getting, as Phil delicately put it, shafted. <laughs> well, I've just literally thought of something, though. Our tax is already included. It's $70 plus sales tax. Because, you know, who who wants to go into a shop and let's buy a drink? I've got a pound. Oh, the drink is a pound. Here is my pound. Buy. No. If you're in the US, I've got a dollar. Can I afford this dollar drink? No. Because I've got to pay an extra however much it is on top. Who wants to do maths when you're buying a drink? No, math. <laughs> do the math. Yeah. But the fact that this uh, studio uh, is sending out a game that's been exclusive with Sony for so many years, they've just gone, yeah, screw you. I'm going to put on the Xbox, going to put on Game Pass. Well, I think it's because MLB now... Um, there's no competition to this title. Yeah. So no. they just want to get in as many gamers' hands as possible. Because I am fairly certain there'll be DLC in-game purchases to try and drive the price a bit further forward. Some version of EA's Ultimate Team. Uh, yeah, exactly. Surprise yeah. mechanics. Yeah. I mean, interesting thing. Didn't they... Um... Didn't they say that they weren't happy with the sales on the PlayStation, so they wanted to bring it to a wider audience? Yeah, that's why I believe is the driving force behind this. Yeah. The, the question is, obviously Sony have developed it. MLB's got the publishing rights for the Xbox version, so they're going to be getting a good chunk of the money from the Game Pass subscriptions and the like. Are Sony going to see anything? From the Xbox version? Yeah, that's right, from the Xbox version. I, I do not know. Um, my understanding is PlayStation will be getting practically 100% of the profits from the PlayStation Store. And the Xbox version is going to be split the usual 70-30 sort of way between Microsoft and MLB. Makes sense. I'm sure they'll also get something for everyone who uses Game Pass to download it as well. Yeah. Interesting, though. But some positive news for Sony. They did get a new game going into PlayStation Now. The the game that everybody was 
looking forward to and is an, an absolute gem that everybody wants to play. Avengers. <laughs> mm, yeah. <laughs> I feel like the Avengers games probably had just as rough a time as a game like Anthem did. Yeah, yes. it really has. It was seen as being quite underwhelming. It was so much hype. Yeah, I was looking forward to really playing it, and then it came out, and my brother got it, and then it was like, uh, no, I'm not going to get it. And it, it's sad. It's very sad. Well, you being as big a Marvel fan as you are, it's surprising that you didn't yeah. get it, and it says a lot about it. I I think it was more cost, the cost structure at the start. I played the beta, the demo, and I really enjoyed that. Even that I found quite repetitive, though. I played the game. Game came out, and so I was able to download it uh, via my brother and try it, which which was a shame. Um, and personally, when I think of the Avengers, I think, what kind of game can I make? I know, a loot-based title. Yeah, because, you know, the Avengers, they, they go looting and they upgrade their equipment all the time. Well, in all fairness, Tony Stark does, but yeah. That's it. I mean, what? Captain America's going to go and get a new Vibranium shield. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. He upgrades from Vibranium to Unobtainium. Yeah. What they should have done is something entirely different. <laughs> <laughs> what they should have done is looked at it and thought, you know what? Let's not do that. Yeah, precisely. <laughs> oh. You know, show it to fans and got an input from fans. The thing is, though, there's been there has been some really, really good Avengers style games, Marvel games, like the Ultimate Alliance games. They were brilliant games. Especially what what did Xbox hit instead? It was Outriders. Um, Outriders, which I'm enjoying. I will have to say, I am enjoying it. I've set download in. Uh, I just need to finish downloading to give it a go. I clicked I download, but as I say, it was at like 99.3% hard drive capacity. I genuinely think you'll enjoy it, Barry, because it is it gives me strong vibes of the division. Going back to um, MLB and, you know, come across from Sony now, do we reckon that this is just one out of what, or do we reckon that something else might cross It's a particularly again? unique situation. I feel this, this is one. more of a one-off. Yeah. yeah. This has only happened because MLB retained the publishing rights. And they have said, right, we're not happy with it just being on the PlayStation. We're putting it on the Xbox as well. Would you think it could make a situation, though, where, like, in a couple of years, Microsoft get the MLB license to produce the game? God, could you imagine that? <laughs> you know, if a lot of gamers can access it for free on Game Pass, as opposed to shelling out $70 or up to $100. Well, plenty of publishers have turned around and said that they are incredibly happy with Game Pass. Where yes. X have said it. Yes, but like one of the biggest one being Sega, yeah. Um it, yeah, it's publishers are happy with Game Pass because it is doing as it advertised, it is making them a lot of money. Do you think I've realized with Game Pass is um obviously games cycle in and out. Um they're actually recycling some games back in that have been in before oh, as well. Netflix does that. So it's not like it's never gonna come back again. Well Grand yeah. Theft Auto I think is the first one, isn't it? Yes it is. Yep. But I think that's a lot of the selling up. point of being able to play GTA Five on the move with Xbox streaming. Yeah. Mm. I do think games definitely do need to cycle out. Yeah. Yes. If we just had a thousand games in Game Pass, it would be overwhelming. It's it's what, a hundred and odd at the moment, maybe less than hundred and fifty. And even now <sighs> Square stopped putting choice. games into Game Pass. I can't get through them quick enough. 
There is no <laughs> way I can get through Octopath Traveler, Final Fantasy Twelve, Seven, Dragon Eight, Quest, Nine, Warriors, Twelve, all the other Final Fantasy games. And I'm like, these are all like 50, 60, 70 hour games. <laughs> all three. By the Kingdom time Hearts. I start playing one, they'll. Oh god, I haven't even tried to play any of that. I'm just going to ignore the first two. <laughs> So, this one piqued my interest when I spotted it. Daggerfall, The Elder Scrolls 2, has been fan remastered into Unity. Now, this one goes over mine and Barry's head. Think of this as more of a fan project. Oh, yeah, absolutely. It's a fan project. It's currently at a beta stage. You can download this free charge to play. It's a great little project. They've took the now the aging, I think it was like. 93, no, no, 93 was the original Elder Scrolls, I think 97, 98, Daggerfall. Yeah. And they've created a Unity wrapper that takes the original game files and then makes it playable in Unity, a much more modern engine. Oh, right. A bit like you see with some of these um, Doom mods, where it takes the original WADs and repurposes them into a newer engine. That is precisely what they've done. Now, it's also allowed for modders to get involved and create mods for it. So people have been updating the graphics for it with graphical mods to turn like a lot, because it's got very, of its age, if you look at a bonfire, a bonfire is a 2D sprite in the 3D area. So I used to love doing that strafing round things. and they the spin around. The persistently like facing towards you. Yeah, so they've, they've actually modded in 3D files. So that bonfire is now a full graphical 3D, nice, pretty looking bonfire. Okay, so with this, this is literally anyone can drop in, drop in the mods, make the changes sort of thing. Exactly, yeah. So it's the original project to bring it into Unity was obviously a team that's done it, but they've made it so that anybody can add mods to it. And there's people working on um, doing 3D animations so they can replace all of the enemy sprites with 3D models rather than the existing 2D sprites. It's a brilliant project. What's we need now is a... Any Morrowind? Well... Then again, isn't that on uh, Game Pass now? It's on Game Pass, but you, again, much fans have done all sorts with that. Um, I mean, I wasn't a fan of Morrowind, but people have done similar, similar sorts of graphic overhauls to that as well. Where it can I'm make a it fan of Morrowind lot. since it's the only Elder Scroll game that I've actually played. Like, significantly. See, I came in at Oblivion. Well, I say significantly. I did play about two hours of Oblivion. I was going to say, you've not played one of the million entries of Skyrim on our console. Nope, not, I have never actually touched Skyrim at all. I, got, I started playing Oblivion, spent about two hours following NPCs around, just watching them go to work, and then go home <laughs> to wake up to go to work. <laughs> and I literally thought, what am I doing with my life? <laughs> so I, d- I made a conscious decision to not play the game there and then. Why? Why did you? Because at the time it was, it was amazing. Other games like that that had played like um, EverQuest or Baldur's Gate. An NPC is a static thing. It's it's a bit like <laughs> that YouTube show epic NPC man, where it's just like a guy going, "Huh, uh-huh. nice day for fishing, fishing isn't it?" <laughs> <laughs> you know, <laughs> it was just. That's what they were like. They were just very static, often stood in the same place. These were people that were getting up, going to work, running errands, 
and I'm returning home, and my mind was blown. I was like, oh, what the... <laughs> I can't it's believe like, you spent two hours following yeah, every I can imagine people. Barry just walking on the street and seeing someone doing something. You're like, oh, what are you doing? And walking off for like two hours of them. Exactly. And I was just following them around, you know, like creepily looking through the window at night going, oh, is that what you're doing? <laughs> so I thought, I can't be playing this. I- I'm a teenager. I need to get out and get a job. <laughs> <laughs> I need to get a job, not watch artificial people <laughs> go to their job. So the nice thing that they've done with this, this Daggerfall Unity, as it's called, is they've modified the controls. So you can either play it in the original Daggerfall controls or in the one-click controls where you press the right-click and it attacks. Because the original combat for Daggerfall, you held the weapon-ready button and then you'd move the mouse in different directions to do vertical slashes or horizontal slashes and the like, or pokes. Oh, because those sort of control schemes always worked out so well. Yeah, there's a reason why no one does them anymore. Yeah, do you ever remember Die by the Sword, I believe it was called? Oh, God. I do remember Die by the Sword. Again, on that, so for Anthony, who I'm thinking probably hasn't played it, you held the button down to ready your sword, and if you, Mm. say, pushed your mouse forward, you'd do a stab. If you swiped from right to left you'd swipe it across whichever way you wanted to so you think oh yeah you come in you know you can do these moves to block and parry it's all very elegant except basically it turned into just people going i know i'll play the game so i hold this and then i wiggle it around (laughs) and i just keep doing this until the enemy's (laughs) that's all i can think of there is literally only one way on modern systems that anything VR. remotely close to that control system would work, and that is the in Switch. VR. Oh, yeah, or with something like what the Switch controller, Joke. the yeah. nunchuck. Uh, not the nunchuck. Sorry, that's the week. Yeah, motion controls. Yeah, I agree with that. It's trying to control a combat system like that with a mouse is just going to be at best janky. Sounds horrible. But yeah, it's an interesting project and hats off to the people doing it. You know, they've obviously put a lot of time and effort into it. Thankfully, it's not a Nintendo Modded. property, so there's a good chance they'll get to yeah. continue it. If Microsoft step in, cease and desist, you can guarantee it's because there's a Dagfall remaster coming out. <laughs> <laughs> well, rumour is um, Elder Scrolls Six is actually going to be based in the same location as Daggerfall. Wasn't Elder Scrolls Online, it had a lot of pre-existing areas, didn't it yes. have uh, Morrowind? Yeah. Yep. Yo, there's been a few. There's been a few. I think that's considered a different property as such. It's based in the same world, if you will. Yeah, but the same, same locales, isn't it? Yeah, oh yeah, yeah, same locales and everything, but it's not considered a... Like, like Forza Horizon and Forza Motorsports are the same series, but different. But this if you know what I mean there. Based on the same places. They're not the same continuity. You know, just because you're having a motorsport event over there doesn't mean that someone's not getting high off the face over there and smashing a sports car through a wall <laughs> in Edinburgh. <laughs> I've just got visions now that everybody in the Forza Festival is just getting high, which is probably not wrong, to be honest. Oh, no, no, sorry. You, you've completely misunderstood me there. I went on about the game. I was on about, I was on about Edinburgh in general. Oh, right. Oh, okay. <laughs> 
<laughs> right, okay. Well, on that note, Anthony, um, Castlevania. <laughs> um, <laughs> we've had a demo disc of a long-forgotten Castlevania game. Uh, Castlevania Resurrection has all of a sudden resurfaced. Now, as far as what I can see, I found out that it was actually a cancelled game, which was only shown once as a demo, but behind closed doors, so no one got to see it, and it was only ever mentioned in a magazine once. Yeah, I don't know if it was only ever mentioned in the magazine once, but I do remember seeing a couple of screenshots and a image of one of the two playable characters, Sonya, I think her name was. Yeah, wasn't this going to be the first step into a 3D Castlevania? No, it would have been the third. By the Dreamcast. It was Castlevania 64, and I'm sure there was a second 3D Castlevania. Oh, God, on the yeah. N64. Castlevania 64. Yeah, but they were awful, weren't they? <laughs> Who said this would have been any better? <laughs> True. <laughs> I, I just don't think Castlevania works as a 3D game. Were they both Belmonts? Yeah, so Victor and Sonya Belmonts, and they've put it as it in a 3D linear platforming adventure. Sounds terrible. But yeah, it was shown at E3 in 1999 behind closed doors and it showed two of five stages and it also featured a boss fight as well. And that's what it showed. That was it. The thing that makes Castlevania, Castlevania nowadays especially is the exploration elements. The fact that it is non-linear. So it being a linear game Yeah. Really doesn't give you much... It would change the game so much. It would be ridiculous. Because yeah. I've always known any Castlevania played is all a lot of exploration, a lot of free roaming, a lot of searching for things. I think a lot of games did make the transition to 3D pretty well, but they still retain them separately from 2D. Probably one of the games that's done it the best is the Mario franchise. Yeah, they did a good they did a good job there. Mario 64 pretty much set the template for how to do a successful 3D platformer, which Bubsy 3D then went and went, no, we're fine. <laughs> we'll, we'll do our own thing. Even now, you've got uh, Mario Odyssey, 3D Mario game, but you still have the new Super Mario Brothers series. Yeah. They really need to sort out these names. <laughs> <laughs> what, Nintendo have a naming convention problem? No. Even... Sega are doing it with Sonic, so uh, a couple of years ago you had two Sonic games. You had Sonic Mania and Sonic Forces, both coming out at the same time. One was what they now refer to as the Blast gameplay, which is the 3D charge-through sort of gameplay, and Sonic Mania was the more traditional 2D side-scrolling platform. Yeah. I think even Castlevania's done that now as well, hasn't it? It's Diverge, so you've got um, the more traditional 2D Castlevania games, and then you've had a couple of 3D ones on the Xbox 360. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, they weren't bad games. Just not Castlevania? It's not not what I want for a Castlevania game. Yeah. It's it's like, you know, booting up Sonic the Hedgehog and it being a labyrinth exploration game. I don't know if you're actually referring to a particular game, but Sonic's Labyrinth is actually that. Yeah, I know it is. That's why I yeah. refer to it. So Sonic's Labyrinth is robotics swapped your power sneakers with slow boots. So imagine Sonic, except he's slow as anything. <laughs> exactly. I, I, honestly, he's, he's slow. Is that what you want from a Sonic game? No. 
then again, I also didn't want a pinball. I don't want a car racer. <laughs> uh, I don't want a board game party title. Wait, are you telling me that they capitalized on their biggest, you know, symbol for Sega <laughs> for some reason? They went, oh, Oddly enough. it's coming everything. Yes, yes, they did. Luckily, but- they're not as bad now. Mm. Yeah. Not Saying that, perfect. Sega have had some brilliant games. They just never followed up with Sega have such a huge range of titles that until recently they just weren't doing anything with like luckily streets of rage they are uh we're getting a new alex kid in june is it yes in june so i'm not gonna look forward to that i mean you are because you loved alex the kid oh yeah i loved it when i thought was i was talking to anthony about this today (laughs) when i had the mass system i couldn't get past a certain boss and I thought this is this is the last boss. I just need to beat this one guy, and I've done it. I went back and played it on the Xbox 360 uh, quite a few years ago with state save states. I wasn't even halfway through the game. The game completely changes after that point. It becomes much less linear, and I'm like, I- I'm not ready for this. <laughs> <laughs> what, what were you doing? I wasn't even scratching the surface. It is it is basically I have. I have been sweating tears, climbing this mountain, getting to the peak, getting over it, and I'm finding out that there's another mountain on top of it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. Oh, that's brilliant. <sighs> but yeah, so this Castlevania Resurrection, um, the game demo that they found actually predates what they showed at the E3 in 1999. So it was even before the demo that was shown. Um, but I thought it was quite interesting to find. If well, it's the video that I saw before, it does look like it's just a series of test rooms. Yeah, yeah they said it is literally just a little, a plain little uh, menu where you select the different stages and select the boss fight and that's it. Yeah, yeah it, was, it was a very, very, very early tech demo. It was yes. more something to show to investors to say, we've got this idea, we want funding for it, more than... An actual demo. A proof of concept, if you will. I suppose, uh, talking about Castlevania, obviously we were saying there's two types of Castlevania games now. There's obviously the 3D style ones. But we do... I think most fans still do prefer the 2D, what are now collectively known as Metrovania style games. Yeah. And a game that we did actually also play on the Dreamcast, me and you played a little bit of this, is Record of Lodos War. Yeah, well, I used to read the comics as well. I used to get See, I must admit, I didn't even know it was based on a, a manga or an anime. It's based on a manga, based on a D&D game. Right. Anthony looks really confused. I mean, that's normal, but... Rude. I believe they're actually bringing out a new game, which, for the West, isn't this the first one since 1999? Yeah, the, the aforementioned Dreamcast game, I think, was the previous one. Um, yeah. I I was looking at it. I like the. Look, I mean, I like Metroidvania games. I like the look of Who it. Doesn't? I'm quite tempted by it. Well, yeah, exactly. Um, it's probably the same people that did uh, Talahulu Nights. Talahulu. To... Oh right, I've I've not actually played that, but I've actually downloaded that on my Xbox. That's on. I've uh, played game a little pass. bit. It's a it's a fun Metroidvania. It's got some unique mechanics that you mess around with time. Like yeah. um, there's there's a part where there's a a pool of water and a bit of a waterfall. And you can freeze time to walk on the water, but you can't walk through the waterfall if time's frozen. So you've kind of yeah. got to go through it, freeze time, jump on the water, jump onto where you're going. It, yeah. Loads of interesting mechanics in it. It's a good Metroidvania. Uh, so I'm, I, like the, I like the look of it. It looks really interesting. 
Now, I can't believe I didn't notice it when it went on early access about a year or so ago, because it's just come out of early access. Didn't it release about a week or two back? Yeah. That might be one to look forward to. It could even be one of your choices for Rich Gamer Club. Oh, only once he's already completed. <laughs> oh, he's already completed? Oh, no, sorry, scratch that, okay. never mind. I've not, even, I've not bought it yet. It's, 50, it's 15 quid on Steam, and it's one that's interesting me at the minute. I'm definitely looking at it, and I, I might pick it up. I might have to have a look at it. I've, I've only seen a couple of screenshots, so I haven't seen too much about the game. But I should say, another high-quality Metroidvania game. I think the only issue is I just don't have time for all these games. My, my Xbox is just full of games off Game Pass that I've, I've intention to play. I just don't have the time to play. See, this is the thing that worries me. Well, we're on the same boat, aren't we? Because we're all working dads, full-time yeah. working dads. So if we're at work, we're home spending time with the kids, and then our only time is when the kids get to bed, then we spend time with the missuses. So then it's just kind of like, how can we fit it in? That, that's, you know, we try yeah. to make it balance, but it's difficult sometimes, isn't it? It is, yeah. It is, it's finding that that balance is, is key if you're going to try and get through the backlogs, which we've all got. Yes. Though the other thing as well is, I know what's going to happen is I'll buy it on Steam and like Tahulu Nights is on, it'll end up on Game, Game Pass. Pass. Yeah. <laughs> that's just your that's just a running joke for you two, isn't it? Well, I've not seen anything about it coming to Xbox yet, so currently you're safe. Yeah. Sod's Law, I'll buy it, it'll appear on Game Pass. Even if it's Game Pass PC, it'll appear on Game Pass. In all fairness though, you're saying it happens to you. It happens to Barry way more than it ever happens to you. That's because I've stopped buying games. Yeah, that's because Phil's a cheap skate and he never buys any of his own games. That's well, <laughs> I, yeah, there is that. <laughs> <laughs> Self-admission. Well, while we're talking about Game Pass, which obviously, as we've said repeatedly, is the best value proposition in gaming to the absolute worst $660,000 for a copy of Mario Brothers on the NES. Who has that sort of money to waste? Uh, Not me. I can tell you that much. Definitely not me. (laughs) None of us definitely don't. $660,000 this game. That one cartridge is worth probably more than all three of us put together. Like, everything we own. It's worth more than all of our houses put together. Our entire life. (laughs) (laughs) In a little, little Super Mario. That's that's absolutely ridiculous. Was this this a pristine cartridge? Never been used? Not just pristine. This was sealed from a run of the game that was quite limited. So, although the game was printed repeatedly over a number of years, there was different yeah. runs, and this is a particularly rare run of the cartridge. Still sealed, and it's been graded by the Video Game Association, the VGA. Wow. And the game is essentially immaculate. You will likely never find a better condition copy of this game. 660,000! I remember there was a guy that used to... Oh, I think he owned a game store and his game store failed and he had boxes filled with old games that had been delivered to him and he would literally he would open them up and he'd just sell pristine copies of the games and it was about 20 or 30 years after they came out and he was selling all these pristine copies 
do you remember the the story of this guy? I seem to remember something similar with oh, it was a game. It was a it was some sort of track and field game. I'm trying to remember what it was called. Yeah, someone it had a, a number of boxes of unopened games. And a lot of people didn't want him to sell any of them because obviously they had this rare game. And if every time he sold one, the value of theirs diminished a little bit more. So they were saying, well, these are our investments, so you can't sell them. Oh, this is where I've heard it. I yeah. think he got to the point where he was like, you know, just stop telling me what I can and can't do or I'll just sell them all. Didn't he get sued in the end? So, yeah, I can't remember the exact specifics of the story, but it was a game called Stadium Events. I believe he was threatened with a lawsuit that if he didn't stop selling them, they were going to take him to court because it the damaging other people's investment in these games. Who threatened him with the lawsuit? The existing owners, people who already had them. Other people who already own this game. Whoa. And I can't find it, so I may either be misremembering or just making this up i can't remember but i'm sure he either sold one for something ridiculous like a dollar to someone but made them sign a um agreement that they wouldn't sell it for a set period of years so this person couldn't sell it for like the next 10 years if he did you know he broke the agreement he'd have to give the amount back or something like that or he just outright gave it away again under a similar sort of agreement yeah, you know, you cannot sell this otherwise. Yes, I'm and I believe it knocked tens of thousands of dollars off the perceived value of this I think title. to this day, I was, I was having a quick look. It only gone about the $40,000 mark. It was still a lot. I did very That's quickly, and I just have a quick search, and I looked, and at the high, they were like 100 and they dropped to about $35,000. How old are these games? Oh, it's a nice game. Well, uh, probably mid to late 90s. Uh, sorry, mid to late 80s. I don't know okay. the exact dates. Yeah, was I a... can't remember the story behind the game, but I think it was pulled for some reason or just made in extremely small quantities. Not sure. I think it was only made in very small quantities. Yeah. It, so it unfortunately, I, I didn't have time to look this up, and it's been years since yeah. I last heard well, it was about just, As we were talking about a game being sold for a ridiculous amount of money, it just reminded me of that story. Yeah. Well, again, another story that I came across uh, yesterday, and I was telling Barry about it, um, was about someone's parents found a birthday present they were supposed to give when they was younger that they'd lost. Anyway, he's opened the birthday present to find a sealed Pokemon Blue game. Um, now, I was reading, and it was saying that a sealed Pokemon game from then is worth up to £20,000. Can't go an episode without Pokemon. Hey, look, it was is relevant to the yeah. subject. We've told him <laughs> that is one per episode. However, he said that he wasn't going to sell it because um, he always wanted the blue game and his parents gave him the red one. So he wants to play it and also wants to keep it for nostalgia's sake. Pfft, stuff that, I want 20 grand. <laughs> Oof. Oof, he's going to open it. Oh, dear. Yeah, I would not be opening it. I would give it, get that grade in and be like, yeah, I'm going to sell this thing. I'm a bit torn on this because what well, I understand the appeal of having a sealed copy. And the painful thing is these games aren't worth $660,000. God no. They're meant to be used. They're meant to be enjoyed. And the problem is I've, I've stopped 
buying retro games really now. Last games I bought were for the original Xbox and DS. So we're not going back to before the year 2000. There is a lot of games that I would like to purchase and experience that I can't just because I've been priced out of it now. Um, as we were saying earlier, Pan's Dragon Saga, I would love to own that game again. I can't afford £450 no. plus for another no. copy. Um, I would like to try Suikoden 2. I would like to play Mega Man. I've never played Mega Man 2. I would love to try that. Legends game. I would like to replay Mega Man Legend 1 as well. Um, similar with accessories. I I remember at one point, 32x add-ons for the Mega Drive were going for like £10-15. Yeah. And now, again, hundreds of pounds. And it's not that I want it so that I can go, oh, look, it's, it's in a glass cabinet. Do not talk. I want it so I can so play certain games on it. I, I don't want to emulate. I, I want the original hardware to play it as it was originally intended. You want the, the nostalgia and the feeling of doing it properly the way it was supposed to be done. I do. Completely off topic for this. In work, we were given a, should we say, a long-in-the-tooth laptop to dispose of. I have not got the heart to go and just chuck Put it, it out of his misery. Chuck it away. Yes. It is sat on my desk as I lovingly gaze over it as I'm doing work. <laughs> I look up every now and then and see it across the room. This laptop, I, the first time I tried to pick it up, I nearly threw my back out. Wow. The the, the the laptop, I would say, is near enough the thickness of my hand. It looks like it's got a CRT screen on it. Uh, no, it's actually a plasma. Wow. Absolutely ridiculous. It is a massive, chunky laptop. It Basically, when you pick it up, it feels like you're carrying around a server just with a screen. And I have not got the heart to get rid of this machine. I'm gonna put, I've got some shelves up on my desk. I'm going to put it on there. I'm going to start... A video game museum in the corner where I sit, where my desk. Just is. Uh, be careful about putting heavy things on high shelves. Is all I'm <laughs> going to say. In all fairness, Barry's not intending on moving the shelves that take stuff off him. So to give you an idea, it's the specs from the best I can tell is a 486 processor, so pre-Pentium days, 25 megahertz, 120 gig, uh, sorry, 128 megabytes hard disk oh wow which you can hear from the other side of the room it ticks i'm sat at my desk at the yeah. end and there was a oh here's it sounds like there's a woodpecker in the room with you and assuming it's never been upgraded four megabytes of ram <laughs> why is this computer there i don't know it's probably it's probably been running something really critical for the last 30 years <laughs> The room they brought it in from, I don't think they've cleared the room out in like 25 years. Obviously. That that would make sense. To me, it's, a, it's amazing just how far technology's come by looking back at where we were. Well, the um, that stick of RAM that you've got on your monitor stand, how much is that stick of RAM? It, it's relatively recent. It's 512 megabytes. Yeah, you can still, you can still even buy a 512 meg, can't you? He's like, he gave it to me. I was like, I don't want it, and he goes, I love it. And it's now got a little stand on his desk. He just sits on that. So we walk over. I'm like, you still got that there? It's it's rich. It's DDR. So not DDR two, three or four. It's DDR. Oh wow, that's pretty old. My desk has just got to turn into like a a collection of old bits. But we do that often, don't we? At work, we quite often pull out old, really old things. We're like, how is that still around here? Yeah. 
I could easily emulate, say, Knuckles Chaotix on a Raspberry Pi. So, a £35 Raspberry Pi, emulate it, no problem. I would like the actual things, but I can't justify going out and paying £300 for the game and the adapter. Yeah. If someone would love to donate it, please donate it. Get in touch with our email. No, honestly, if anyone's listening and they do want to sell it, no, genu- genuinely, and someone does want to sell it for a reasonable price, I would be extremely interested. I'm not going to resell it. I will look after it and I will use it. You should see, like, if he had his collection downstairs the way he used to have it, I'm sure he would happily upload photos and see what you to see what he's got. Because I remember going around for the first time to his house and seeing his collection and I was like, this is amazing. I am not a hoarder. I don't go out and buy every single NES title or Mega Drive title let's see. I do only buy games that I want. So everything I own is either games I have bought as a youngster or a child played and enjoyed Except Indiana Jones on the mass system. I will always hate my parents for that one. (laughs) (laughs) And that's why I have a lot of them. Other games are games that I may have, say, played at Phil's that I never got to experience properly the first time around. So going from some items that are worth a lot of money, um, if we go on to our final thing we're looking at talking about tonight is the Xbox Series X mini fridges, which are looking to be released, um, which I reckon they might fetch a high price when they come collectible. I doubt it. They No, they will be instantly collectible. They will be. These mini fridges, yeah. I can guarantee you. Oh, they will. Ed, everyone wanted the fridges when they came out as a full-size fridge. Do you know the full-size fridge? They had one of them, and I entered the competition. I was like, yes. And I was like, Kerry, I've entered this competition. Enter it for us. You know, double double chances of winning. Yeah. And she looked at it and went, no. I went, oh, please. And she went, no, because if you win that, it is not coming in the house. I was like, oh, come on. It's, <laughs> it's <French>. an Xbox fridge. <laughs> She's like, why do you need one? I was like, because it's an Xbox. Why not? <laughs> so, you know, it won't be a full-size fridge. So I'm really sorry, Barry. But with Microsoft winning the battle over Skittles for the best tweets by half a percent. They have said that they will create these Xbox Series X mini fridges. Now, we don't know any more information than that, other than they have promised they're going to do it. It's not the full size, which I know Barry wanted, but it's at least something. Yeah, they, they look quite small. From the pictures I've seen, it looks like you can fit like four cans of an energy drink in it. That's, I mean, it's fairly standard for a mini fridge, that really, isn't it? Yeah. The question is, where are you going to put yours? <laughs> I might just put it on my desk and see if Kerry notices that it's not... <laughs> that it's not put the it Xbox. next to your Xbox. <laughs> yeah. Put it next to you, she'd be like, why have I got two Xboxes? You're like, <laughs> I don't know what she'd be more annoyed at. The fact that I've bought a second Xbox One X or one of them's a mini fridge. <laughs> <laughs> Genuinely, probably be one of them's a mini fridge. Yeah, should be there going. Yeah, should be there going. Why have you got a second one? What's going on here? You're like, ha ha ha. Do you think it's an Xbox? Go turn it on, please. Yeah, She's going to have to go turn it on. It's like, why is I turning on? Like, open it. <laughs> what? Well, no, doesn't, doesn't the actual power button light up? I have no in? idea. Wouldn't surprise me. See, 
you two got the wrong answer for when I'm confronted. Why have you got two Xbox Ones? You know, regardless, one of them would be a fridge. I go, it's so that I can spend quality time with you and you can be my player two in life. <laughs> That's not what you'd say. Oh. No, you'd say it's skills. And then I go, but you have to buy your own screen. I've only got one monitor. <laughs> That's more like what you'd say. <laughs> or it's Phil's. No, that's that's or, accurate. That's accurate. Well, or more realistically, <laughs> I've always had it. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear, man! It's worked this far. So he's now just sold out all his secrets if she listens to the podcast. <laughs> oh, don't be silly. She wants to listen to this podcast. <laughs> You hope. <laughs> or you can edit it before then. <laughs> <laughs> so, so we can afford mini fridges. How can people support us? If anyone likes to support the podcast, which you do not need to do, it's completely free, but we would absolutely be delighted if you could chuck us a few pounds so we can actually get our own energy drinks. Maybe not from our Xbox branded fridges, but a fridge, yeah, a fridge, yeah, <laughs> or at least, or at least out in the hall where it's a little bit cooler than the rest of the house. Yeah, um, just so we've got a little bit more energy to actually do these podcasts week in, week out. But if anyone likes to support the podcast, um, you can head on over to www.retrogamingdads.co.uk forward slash support, where you could help us by donating on Patreon direct donation to the podcast through paypal or just simply share the podcast with anyone that you either think would be interested in a retro gaming podcast or people you just don't like and you want to annoy i was gonna say it but i knew you'd say it anyway any donations or support received will go straight back into the running of the podcast as we're always in need of money for hosting costs which unfortunately aren't free and we are in desperate need of some new microphones, especially Anthony. He needs one of those Fisher-Price ones, which are nice and easy to use. Thank you for listening to today's episode of Retro Gaming Dads. If you would like to learn anything more about what you've heard today, you can visit us at www.retrogamingdads.co.uk. 